Welcome, everyone, to the Frown Room once again. Uh, I am your host, Doug, and today we are joined, uh, implying I'm two people here, but I am joined by my good friend, uh, Jordan Rutledge. What's up? Uh, we, today we are uh, we're doing a few album reviews, so without any further ado, let's get started. Um. So we've got three on the chopping block today, Jordan. Um, Omnium Gatherum's Origin, uh, Bellacore's, Bellacore's Coherence, and uh, Arch Spire's and uh, Ble- uh, Bleed the Future. Is Bleed the, the Future, album. that's right. <laughs> so uh, which one do you want to start on? Do you want to start, um, start with the best, start with the worst? Let's start with... The middle, which to me would be the new Bellacor. All right, we will start. Let's start with uh, the new Bellacor. So then we'll do. Then we'll do Archspire and then Omnium Gatherum. All right, that sounds good. Um, so starting with Bellacor's new one, um, that's Coherence. Um, man, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that. It, Bellacore have always been like that, where it's like they'll go dark for a really long time, and then out of nowhere they'll just say, "Be like, oh, new album, yeah, <laughs> new album, yeah." yeah. So Bellacore are a melodic death metal band from Australia, um, with some very strong uh, progressive leanings, um, and uh, yeah, they they just they they just seem to make an album every few years, but always. Uh, Always, it's always it just, quality. Yeah, it's always top quality, and they always, you know, just have it come out of nowhere. Um, I feel like my personal theory is that they're trying to give other bands a chance to like <laughs> have a moment to shine yeah. before they they come out and outshine them all, right? Um, but uh, it's it's always solid. You know, I have to admit, um, their last one, Vessels, didn't really stick with me as much. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just, it wasn't really something that stuck with me. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it felt like more of the same. Yeah. It's like, to be honest, this one kind of did too. Yeah. The songwriting was at least a lot more memorable this time. Yeah. I thought that's, and that's the thing. Like I couldn't tell you about any individual song I listened to off of uh, vessels, but off of this album, I can at least say there was a lot more memorable stuff. Definitely. If I were to start with like the weak, the weaker part before we get into the strong for me, the weaker part tends to come. And this is sort of something with every Bellacore album. They always make really long albums and I'm not sure if that's so much a problem so much as, um, they're just such massive pieces of work that it it tends to take a while to just process everything. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, it can it can drag on at points. Um, I feel like the last track, the twelve minute track, uh, much more much was more lost. was lost. Yep. Um, I it kind of dragged for me at, at certain points. I don't know about you, but um, I I definitely agreed with that. I really like the first track though. Oh yeah, the Locust track, was Locust amazing. Locust was amazing, though. That yeah, one was great. And it's interesting because that that song was ten minutes, um, so it's almost as long as that final track. But um, it definitely song, stuck 
with me a lot more. Yeah, the more songwriting had a much more immediate, immediately like, um, just just kind of grabbed you. You know, um, they always do one one cool thing about Bellacore to me is they always do these massive like compositions that that feel more reminiscent of of like classical music than than um just like a standard ballad structure verse chorus verse chorus type song exactly um and locust certainly showed how how you know there's strengths in that where they're you know layering these massive melodies and stuff um, and even then like each individual song like kind of just like flowed into the next like absolutely nothing ever it ever really stops on yeah. the album it just yeah it going it, there's something to be said about how this album felt almost like a single massive suite. Um, and I think that's both a strength and a weakness in a way where, where it, it, it's this single massive piece of work um, that, that just washes over you, but also um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel complete unless you listen to the whole thing in a way. Um, exactly. Yeah, because like locust tells you. Yeah, it compels you to listen to the whole thing. Because if you just listen to one song, yeah, 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 I something feels missing. Yeah, well, locust, locust just kind of flows right into this the dispersion, which is that two minute instrumental or one minute. The instrumental tracks were some of my favorite, like sweep of days. That was oh. probably my favorite track on the the album, to be honest. Totally, totally. Yeah. I I definitely agree. Sweep Sweep of Days was incredible. Um, I really liked um, the foothold quite a bit as well. It's not an instrumental track, but um, it's just something about like yeah, just kind of the melody and the way. Like the later part of that song, you have these really like kind of groovy riffs in the in it, and and that kind of beautiful, that beautiful melodic part. Yeah, yeah. That whole part kind of like reminds me of a leprous song, to be honest. How it was kind of like really syncopated. Yeah. Are you there? No, oh, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was I was just sort of thinking about it. But uh yeah, yeah. No, I I really like there's uh, Valence has a very um I don't know, it's a very tight or sorry, foothold. Foothold is the song I was thinking of. Yeah, it's a very like tightly composed song to me. I also really like Hidden Window off of that that album. Um Hidden Window I think was another favorite yeah. for me. For sure. Uh, honestly i'll probably have to listen to the album again because like i just listened to it last night it'll probably take a while for usually like albums like this takes a while for me to listens for me to like really process the whole thing yeah yeah and and to be sure i think that's that's definitely the intent with with how they write their music you know it's always it's not it's not music for people just looking to listen to a few songs and leave like it 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 definitely invites a much more involved kind of process when you listen to their music and i i kind of appreciate that you know it's not for everyone but it it 
it understands what it's doing and it and and they do it incredibly well you know mm -hmm. um those those like really thick song compositions and those really grandiose um things i will say though um more so than the more recent albums, I think Stones Reach and what makes Stones Reach and uh, Of Breath and Bone, their 2009 and 2012 albums, um, really work for me is that they do sort of have that immediate sense of of just like catchiness. You know, you you immediately can remember uh, like a lot of songs off of those albums. Yeah. Um, like uh like fraught for me there's there's like specific melodies i can pick out from of breath and bone or um absent omen the single off of of breath and bone has it's a it's a shorter song but it's it's got this very like kind of punchy and and um very immediately like catchy main riff that it sort of follows throughout that song mm -hmm. um and they and they use i think musical motifs or like more i guess more simple melodic motifs that they kind of pepper in throughout those songs to make it to make them have a bit more of a catchiness to them right. um whereas i still feel this album didn't quite reach reach that um there was a couple songs where they did on this album and i think locus um and foothold are a couple of great examples of that for me and and even sweep of days too but yeah, I don't know. It it's not it's not something that you can say too much about unless you uh, like. I, I I'm not sure if there's if there's too much else I I can really say about the album. Yeah, I I'm not sure what else to say. Yeah, I really like enjoyed it. It really yeah like swept me in. It's one of those albums where definitely where once you start listening to it, like you just can't stop, you know, absolutely. absolutely. You have to t just sit there taking the whole thing. Yeah. Atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how they managed to have this kind of like, it's an atmospheric experience, but at the same time, it's really heavy music and really um, like really heady and complex music. Um, but you know, I guess that that sort of speaks to how they can compose these songs that that have sort of this this almost like classical composition kind of feel to them. Um, there's something to be said for that. Um, Other than that, yeah, I I but again, I definitely feel like I'll have to listen to the album again. Yeah, just yeah. because it was just so. I don't know it. It just takes so long for yeah. me to, you know, process all of that. <laughs> so it's it's a long album too. I mean, they always there's there's what like there's there's two songs over ten minutes. Uh, there's like, you know, uh, there's two songs over eight minutes. You know, you have a nine minute and eight minute, mm -hmm. and then you have like a, a like a seven minute and a four minute song and. It's it's a big album. It demands it demands a lot of time. It's kind of like um, like between the buried and me's new album Colors Two that came out earlier this year, where it just like it 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 requires so much of your time. That um, already came out. Yeah, that came Colors out a while two? ago. Yeah, Whew. it's been out a while. 
<laughs> we'll have to go back and talk about that yeah, one at some point. Absolutely. Here. Um, yeah, it's been out. Of, it's been out a while. It, it was pretty good too. Um, well, I I won't I won't do a review here. I'm gonna wait till you yeah, actually get to we'll, listen to that one. We'll talk about that one another time. <laughs> that, that one. I mean, between the Barry to Me's albums have all been quite long. Um, ever since Colors, really. Um, it's just they were like we're going to do this prog thing on colors and it's stuck, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. 2007. So, yeah. Um, I, I think, I think overall I, I, I'd give it a, a recommend. Um, it's, would, it's hard. Yeah. I, I give this one a solid four out of five. Yeah. I'd say a four out of five, eight out of 10. That's a, that's a pretty good, Pretty good sort of sort of score for this one. Um, so on to on to the next one. I think this one's going to be a bit more interesting to talk about. Uh, Arch Spire's new album "Bleed the Future" is a uh, next on the chopping block here. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan, you did not like this one. <laughs> I yeah, I just have never been a huge fan of Arch Spire. It's like okay. so. My thing with this album is that so <laughs> this is probably going to sound really biased so but I liked I really liked the more melodic parts like the more chill like sure. mid tempo and slower parts right I did not like the super hyper tech deathy broken arcade game sounding parts though <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just everything about, you know, modern technical death metal that I just don't like. Yeah. It's honest. It's it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Um, so Arch Spires um are a technical death metal band from Vancouver, BC. So they're kind of local to here. Um and uh they 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 kind of they're they're kind of in that I guess you'd say like sort of rings of Saturn milieu where like their whole brand is like, we're going to play as insanely fast as possible. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say um, it's to like rings of Saturn level. Not quite. But no. It's, it's not as nearly as obnoxious as rings of Saturn. If yeah. going to be honest. I, I still don't get into, I still just can't get into it though. Just cause, um, I don't know. It just sounds something about it. It just sounds too edited. It doesn't feel genuine. Mm. And uh, apparently mm. they, from what I've heard, they're that actually that good from people who have seen them live. But yeah, yeah. I don't they know. Actually it's just can not play upward of like 400 BPM yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just not my, I respect them. It's just not my thing though. But I will say uh, one thing about it that i really liked a lot was yeah. i believe it was the uh on the track abandoned the uh linear yeah um i really liked the harmonized solo on that one yeah. i thought it was really cool yeah there was definitely they they do some cool solos um i want to there was there's a quote i want to say i want to say it was when when they were making the star wars prequel movies and I, I believe the the producer Rick McCollum in an interview once said, "It's so dense. 
there's so much going on in every single frame <laughs> when talking about yeah when talking about the Star Wars prequels and making right. them. And I, I think that that really applies to to Archspire's music. It's so dense. Um, it. I personally, you know, I'm not huge into tech death either. Um, but something personally kind of works for this for me about this band. Um, I I actually ended up liking this album quite a bit. Um, but I also understand it's definitely not for everyone. It's 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 a they're a hard band to recommend because they are just insanely. Yeah, dense. I mean if. Hey, if you're a big technical death metal fan, then absolutely, I would recommend right. them. But you absolutely, I mean, it, this I would say this is a, amongst the best that you can get from the genre. But it also embodies like some of the more obnoxious tropes of the genre too. So it and and like full stop, it really does. I mean, they play; they're they're all just about playing just that fast. Um, but I will say. I think I think the fact that they like the the guitar work has a kind of neoclassical sort of angle to it that I really I really yeah. like. No, the solos on this album were really good. That yeah. was probably my favorite part. Yeah, they do some crazy like 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 kind of neoclassical sounding solos. And they're I really they're really tasteful too. Yeah, yeah. A lot like, more so than you know the actual songwriting which is interesting because usually with metal albums like this it's the opposite yeah it's like this yeah songwriting like a lot of metal albums like this it's like the songwriting is really good but then the solos it's like okay this yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think one thing that i i will say um is i think is kind of cool about this band is um their vocalist and this this can be a, sort of an acquired taste, and it's definitely not for everyone. But the the fact that their vocalist can can um, like can sing at such an insanely high BPM. Yeah, that was very interesting. It's like there were some parts where he was. Um, it kind of had like a system of a down feel, where it, it was like. He's, you know, he's changing all these, so changing fast. all these like syllables like so fast, like yeah. you know, kind of like System of a Down. On, what's the name of that one song off of Toxicity? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, their most popular song. You wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to. Um, yeah, and and there's I I don't know. May I think I heard that the singer is a he like he does rap outside of death metal. Which would make sense because, like, I mean, that oh, guy, the that guy just, would make a lot of sense then. <laughs> yeah, he just goes so insanely fast. Like, it's it's one of those things. Like, there's a lot of tech death bands that will play fast, but like their vocalist will not go the same. Like, like the fact that their vocalist can keep up with that sort of machine gun pace to the music, I think, is is definitely one of their selling points. Mm -hmm. Um. And 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 I definitely enjoy that. I feel like the way the vocals work in in Arch Archspire's music is is to me they they sort of add an extra layer of percussion, right? Like it's another sort of percussive element that that gives another sort of rhythmic uh, level to the music to me. Yeah. Uh, so the guitars can do these more indulgent melodic 
crazy parts uh, over it. Um, but once again, that can that can be a bit much. I I I totally see that. Um, I enjoyed it. I I don't know why it worked for me though. Like it's 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 one of those things where where it it by all accounts shouldn't. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of tech death I really really like. Like I like Obscura. I like Alkaloid. Um, I like. I guess Nile could be considered Nile. Nile. At least they're at least they're like at least their 2000s output ever since like at the gate of Setu, it's kind of just been yeah but um i i like <laughs> obscura and alkaloid and 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 fractal universe is pretty good um anything that has sort of has that obscura sort of sound to it i definitely tend to like where it's like yeah kind of with like those really yeah kind of like those jazz fusiony influences yeah, yeah yeah i also really like you know of course I would personally consider them to be tech death, but atheist and then, you know, death, of course. Right, right. Um, yeah. And th- I, I feel like those I feel like th- those two were kind of like, <sighs> I don't want to get into like a whole tangent about death, but I feel like they not only did they pioneer death metal, but I feel like they also kind of pioneered tech death as oh, well. Oh, totally. You know, 100%. <laughs> but I also I also feel like. um like death and atheist, you know, both. Um, cause atheist, that was Chuck Schuldner's other band, right? That was no, no, oh, Chuck okay. wasn't an atheist. Chuck wasn't I, an atheist. I See, think death, he was an obituary at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I he kind of started with a lot of that. Yeah, that I could Florida just thrash, be a, right? yeah, I could just be a fucking poser and not know what the fuck I'm talking about, but yeah. <laughs> well, but with death, death, because that was Chuck Schuldner's band, you know, they're kind of on their own level, you know, exactly like that, that, that sort of stands alone amongst metal music in general. Right. Um, just cause I mean, Chuck Schuldner was one of those one of a kind musicians. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I suppose you could call it tech death. You could also call it, you know, fucking transcendent metal music must listen to albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, let's see other tech death. Well, there's Persephone. That's quite good. Yeah. I'm not sure I would really consider, consider them to be, you know, tech death. No, they're, I mean, yeah, they they have a lot of like really technical parts, but I don't know. They just have a sound that's like really different. Yeah. Well, there's there's certain bands that that have these very technical things, but like because they sort of toe the line in an interesting way um, or or because they're sort of straddling the line and they're not really tech death. um, They they maybe have some elements of it, but they're not they're not what I'd consider like fully tech death like. Like Fallujah, yeah, or Rivers of Nihil, you know. Persephone has a, a lot of like clean singing, and yeah, that you know really I think makes it stand out, right? Well, and, and Fallujah were you know they're sort of considered tech death, but like most of their songs, you know, especially since um, uh, the flesh prevails, that album have just been like mostly these huge sweeping mm-hmm. atmospheric melody parts. Um, they're not so much like these, these very like technical things. 
Um, and then, of course, we all know what happened with Rivers of Nihil. Um, you know, I, I, I would not even hazard to call them tech death anymore in, in any yeah. sense of the word. Um, I mean, Where Owls Know My Name, that album, I, I would barely even call that like a technical album. It was just like a progressive melodic death metal album. Hmm. Um, I, I don't I know. Would, I would personally still consider that to be tech death, but I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's yeah. just like such like, it's so much more like tasteful, atmospheric and, and um, like melodic and kind of grandiose in its vision, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Back to, back to Archspire. Uh, yes. It, I feel like, I feel like simultaneously this album sort of embodies like what's what's both the best and the worst that the genre can offer. (laughs) (laughs) Like you have like the most insanely indulgent shit and then you have like, wow, this is actually like insanely technically impressive and and also has some some kind of tasteful stuff. And and I thought they were some cool like melodic work in, in the album too, but it's it's a hard it's a hard recommend, <laughs> not an easy listen. It's I, short, yeah. It's at least short. You it, won't be wasting much time on this yeah. album. They, I think they barely make albums that are over like thirty five minutes. Um, but they pack a lot into those like thirty seven minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I think was only, yeah. I'm looking at Metal Archives. It's only thirty one minutes. Oh God. <laughs> So it's like the, it's like a, it's like a punk album. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, well, it's, it's interesting. So they, they, they were playing their first, uh, their first live set, or I guess maybe they canceled it, but they were going to be playing their first live set at the rickshaw in Vancouver, um, since pandemic hit, um, that was that was i want to say october 31st but i don't know if they ended up doing it because the restrictions were still too tight on shows up there um but it, it would have been interesting to see how well they were able to play this in a live setting to be sure um i i i will um, say um it it seems like they have a, a like their their guitarist has a youtube channel uh dean lamb um, and he seems to, I mean, he seems to have a pretty good sense of humor about the whole thing and that he, um, like he goes through how he plays all this crazy stuff on there. Um, I, he, I remember he went on, I, I think he, he had Devin Townsend on, on his show and they were sort of playing together for a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. That would have been interesting, um, to, to, <laughs> to see uh Arch Spire and Devin Townsend playing together, but I think you can look that up. Um yeah, I'll definitely have to look that up. That sounds interesting. Yeah, Dean Dean Lamb is Lamb. he's the guitarist of Arch Spire. You can see him um play their music on his YouTube channel. There's all kinds of all kinds of nonsense there. Um but they they do prove that he can play this stuff at the very mm-hmm. least. I don't know if he's gotten, um, he got Matt Heafy on his show. He got um, Dave Davidson from Revocation. He got um, 
he got a few people, but he, yeah, he got Devin Townsend. Um, I think he, he got Tevin Townsend to try to play some of Arch Spire's music. Uh, that would be interesting to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember Devin Townsend also went on, uh, he went on Herman Lee's YouTube channel and he did some shredding with Herman Lee at one point. Yeah. That was, uh, that was interesting. Um, but closing thoughts on Arch Spire, Bleed the Future, before we get into our star of the show today. <laughs> um, Bleed the Future, yes. I think it's an album that's really good for what it is. Um, it's not really my thing, but it has a lot of really um, tasteful they- and melodic parts on it that really that I really did dig a lot, but overall, again, yeah, for the genre, most, for the most part, it just wasn't my thing. It It's so dense. There's so much going on <laughs> in every single note. Yeah. I, uh, final, final, final score. I'm going to be generous and give it a three out of five. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I'd give it a four out of five. Um, for my own my own taste but it's also like one of those things where it's like you know i have to be in the right mood to listen to this anyway so and now um on to i think we both have agreed this is our favorite album of the three uh drum roll omnium gatherum's origin uh their new album uh, so Omnium Gatherum, they're one of the greats of the Finnish metal scene. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard that name mentioned a good few times. Um, I mean, so that they should need no introduction. Otherwise, if you're just coming in, they are a Finnish melodic death metal band. Uh, they they started, I want to say, what, early 2000s, but they're kind yeah. of... Metal Archive said they started in 1996. Oh, wow. First so, album came out in uh, 2003, though. That's like when every so. metal band in Finland started was 1996. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fin- the Finnish metal scene is weird in, in that it started it started kind of late. It started in like the 90s, um, mid to late 90s. But then yeah. it became like the biggest, uh, most populous metal scene in the world. Exactly. It started with... I would say like the band that really started it would probably have to be amorphous, uh, right? Not even that. I would say um Taro, uh Marco oh. from Nightwish's old band. Oh, um, right. They right, started right. back in the eighties. They were just kind of like a traditional heavy metal. Oh, band. I see. So we did um, have metal bands in Finland in the eighties, but yeah, they were, they were hidden. But like Taro is like probably they were probably the first one to gain like some notoriety, but I don't know. Even then, I feel like their popularity didn't, or if you could even call that their notoriety didn't really, you know, become a thing until like Nightwish got big. But right. again, they were they were a thing in the eighties, and I guess they were kind of big, you know, within the scene over there. But right. Amorphous, I would definitely agree. Amorphous was the one that really helped it take off. And popularize yeah. it yeah. more. And they're still going, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah. Well, the Finnish scene is 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 a fascinating thing because like they were no. I mean, we we've had a couple Finnish bands that have 
broken into reasonably mainstream success, right? Like there was like Nightwish and Children of Bodom and there was that band him from back in the 2000s. Yeah. They were like super big for a while. Um so All in that goth rock scene. Yeah. High school gir- middle school and high school girls love them. <laughs> right, right. Well, that was back in the 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 when we were growing up. I don't know. Yep. I don't know like they're probably not relevant now. It's kind of the same with Nightwish. Like they were sort of relevant when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like it's interesting how, um, like Omnium Gatherum and and I would argue Insomnium as well have sort of become what I would say are like sort of the poster child of, of like Finnish metal in the 2010s. You know, post post like the really popular bands of the you know of the 90s and the aughts like Nightwish and Children of Bodom I think the personality that bands like Insomnium and Omnium Gatherum and the like have has sort of defined like what I'm what I'm looking for in like Finnish metal music I suppose like bands like Eternal Tears of Sorrow and Winter Sun as well um with that there's like that kind of cold wintry sort of uh, atmospheric element to it um, yeah this the maybe you could say like sort of the sorrowful that melancholy um, sound right there's like a melancholy to it with it's like the finished spirit made made music um and i think omnium gatherum are one of those bands that just really embodies that mm-hmm. well even even Finland's power metal bands have that yeah. sound when it's like yeah. when you think power metal it's like all you think, oh, all happy, yeah, and everything, but it's like no. Even with like Finland, like the power metal bands have that really dark, yeah, um, kind of well, melancholy they, they and were, sorrowful sound. Yeah, was, like with Sonata Arctica, there was always kind of a tinge of like kind of sorrow to their music, um, and 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 maybe it was like the production, and maybe it was like the synths and keyboards they used. Um, it was definitely of, the lyrics. The lyrics it's like too. reading reading Tony Cucko's lyrics. It's all I always feel like, dude. Why are you so sad? Like yeah. some chick must have like destroyed him or something because his lyrics are like, dude. Right. Who hurt you, Tony Cucko? <laughs> who hurt you? Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it. It's it's. There's. I think. I've 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 heard it said that that the Finnish spirit is, is one of like sorrow and perseverance. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say like insomnium, uh, mentioned that uh, there was a song on their most recent album. Um, what was that one called? Um, their 2019 one. Um, uh, heart like a grave, heart like a grave. Like I remember seeing on one of their songs, like, I, th- I want to say it was Pale Morning Star off of that album. Like uh, the, on the YouTube upload, they were talking about that, where it's like, yeah, like the f- the Finnish spirit or this the f- the sort of soul of Finland is one of like sorrow and perseverance and stuff. So it, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and speaking of insomnium, I so this album had one of. Did, were they, are they still using Insomnium's members on Insomnium Gatherum? Um, yeah, Marcus von Halle. Well, he was a member of Omnium Gatherum before he became a member of Insomnium. He, right. 
yeah, Marcus Van Halle, he's always been Omnium Gatherum's guitarist, and um, he joined Insomnium in like 2013, 2014 or something like that um, right. for Shadows of the Dying Sun, and he's been with them ever since. Oh, I see. Um, so, yeah, they Omnium Gatherum and Insomnium, they, they both have very similar sounds where it's like Omnium Gatherum, though, they have their own thing where it's like they'll have these keyboards that sound very almost like 80s synth wave you yeah know? yeah uh, we've we've mentioned this on the show before but um omnium gatherum there it's it, the big thing that separates them is like the synthy kind of almost sci-fi sound um, yeah absolutely and and ever since their album well on their best albums i should say uh, they have there's there's a little there's a little bit of a prog tinge to their music too. Oh, absolutely! There's definitely a lot of parts in their music that makes me think of Rush or even yeah. Yes at some points. Well, you know, go figure. That didn't they cover? Yeah, subdivisions? They, that's right. They covered subdivisions. <laughs> so it, I mean, it yeah. it only figures. Um, and and there was another interesting cover on this album that we'll talk we'll talk about we'll get to. But um, yes, yeah, so so this year, um, Finnish metal culminates. Um, the big Finnish metal release, I suppose, of this year was Omnium Gatherum's new album, Origin. Um, I' gonna say this out out the gate: phenomenal album. Um, it's the best one they've done in years. Um, it outclasses the Burning Cold and Grey Heavens um, by miles. Um, I don't think those two albums can even get come close. Um, I think I, I, yeah, sorry. I really, yeah. And I really like those albums personally, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're bad. I just don't think they're as good as this one. (laughs) No. Or like the two before them. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, burnt gray heavens, burning cold. They were, they were good albums, but they kind of started feeling, you know, samey. Yeah. At that point. And they were, this one, it still has, you know, their trademark sound, melodic death metal with like the right. really sci-fi 80s sounding synths. But yeah, there was something about this one that really stood out. I don't know. Yeah, I so I think like thinking back to what didn't stand out about like Grey Heavens and, and Burning Cold to me, um, I think I can kind of figure out what works about this album a little better. Um, Cause so with gray heavens, a lot of the songwriting on that album, um, there were some songs that really stood out. Like I really liked, um, I believe the song was the liberation on that album. Liberation. I also yeah. really liked uh, foundations and foundations. That was the one I really, yeah. Liked. Or just, or just foundation. No foundation. S. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, frontiers. Yeah. Frontiers was great too. Uh, but, but like for those, for those songs, you also had, stuff like like skyline which was which was blatant yeah it was just blatant ripoff of only for the week by in flames yeah it was just a generic in flames mid-tempo song (laughs) yeah and there was there was like a couple songs like that on that album um and then you had burning cold had had some decent songs on it. I don't think I was... see. I thought Burning Cold was an improvement over Grey Heavens. Oh, but totally. It still wasn't quite 
near the quality of like New World Shadows or even beyond. No, no. Um, I think. Well, and 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 it's it's tough because New World Shadows and Beyond are such are both such insanely good albums. Um, they're just they're just sort of like instant classics. They're hard to follow up. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you have to so you have to give Omnium Gatherum some credit that they're still going at it. It's like oh, they found totally. something. Yeah. They found a sound that really that works for them and they do it really well. Yeah. Totally. With each album. Um and I mean they they tried some things that were a little different on Burning Cold. Um like Driven by Conflict had some like blast beat stuff going on. Yeah. That was a little different. Um, and I I feel like God's Go First off of that album definitely had a very like classic Omnium Gatherum sound. Oh, I love that song. That's honestly yeah. one of my all time favorite Omnium Gatherum it's, songs. Yeah, it's a fantastic track. I so, just don't feel like the rest of the album measured up to that song as much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I I feel I like a lot uh, of it was just kind of melodic death metal stuff. Yeah, well, I, let's see. I also really like the song "Refining Fire." Yeah, "Refining Fire" was also good. Those, um, incidentally, those were both the singles from the album. So yeah, <laughs> I think they but, they knew that. So one thing that I do want to point out about this new one about Origin that I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, apparently, Dan Swano didn't mix this one. I could tell they got. Uh, tell. Yeah, they got uh, Jens Bagren. Okay. For mixing that, and the guy who did the mastering was named. I'm looking at Metal Archives. It says Tony Lindgren is his name. Tony Lindgren. Okay. Um, let's see what else has he done. Okay, so, so he's also he's mastered Amorphous's Queen of Time. He's mastered. Oh, he mastered Angra's last two albums. Okay. Going down, down, down. Yeah, because I've done. Yeah, so he's a mastering engineer. And, yeah, okay. He's apparently done like Ocean Collective, Sepultura, Wardruna. Will, oh, I, I, I wanted to bring that up. Oh, he's he's he mastered the new Epigona, he, the new Wilderun album. Oh, well, there you go. So perfect. Well, so I wanted to mention that because one of the things that I think really held back Burning Cold for me um, was the production sound. I feel like I feel like the production on that album felt kind of mucky um it wasn't it wasn't nearly it wasn't nearly as good as the production on this new album i'll say that um yeah i can i can see it maybe i'll have to go and re-listen to burning cold because it it's been a while since i have heard it but i personally didn't think there was anything you know wrong no, it about wasn't anything offensive about it but it wasn't like this album this album's production has a much stronger like kind of punchiness to it yeah, absolutely. Um, like I will and say, Jens, Jens Bogren always—that's always been kind of like a trademark of his, you know, of his style. Right. All of his the albums that he mixes end up being really punchy sounding. Right, right, and I think I feel like that personally. Where it's me, like Dan Swano um, has always been more about just atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Punchiness, where sometimes that can be a good thing, and sometimes that can also be a detriment, where it kind of you know makes everything sound a bit too muddled. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I I don't but know. Like I overall, though, 
overall though dan swano is still one of my favorite producers but oh, totally. i feel like i feel like for this one i think dan swano he's been with them since the redshift yeah Maybe he's been yeah. with them before that uh, well they, so when i think like when dan dan swano's productions with omnium gatherum have been like like the redshift the main ones i think of are the redshift new world shadows beyond um, and I think Grey Heavens and and Burning Cold as well. Yeah, he's he's mixed and mastered all their albums from Redshift all the way to Burning Cold. And this okay. one, I feel like getting a different producer, um, I, I feel like it really helped. I feel like it one. helped. As yeah, much as I love Dan Swano, you know, sometimes you got to change things up a bit. And, and I feel like some of his mixes with Omnium Gatherum have been better than others. Like, I, I think like... The production sound on on um, on New World Shadows and Gray Heavens personally sounded more crisp than than the production sound on Beyond and on um, Burning Cold. Um, so yeah, it had New World Shadows especially had like this really especially on the guitars it had like this really grittiness to it where yeah. Beyond was a lot sleeker i feel yeah. like yeah yeah i will say and 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 that sort of slickness that sort of sleekness um on the production um i think maybe it's because of like the the sort of 80s synthy elements of their music i feel like that sleekness kind of complements it well i agree because uh, i think it i think it kind of brings those elements out a little more and and sort of lets them shine a bit more um so it 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 works to Omnium Gatherum strength, whereas like there are certain bands where like the more gritty guitar sound works a lot better. Um, like I think like Insomniums Above the Weeping World, um, like that had that kind of gritty guitar sound. Yeah, melodic death metal in the two thousands really mo a lot of it gritty sound to it, which it, it yeah. worked really well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I I do think that sort of clear crisp sound, um, specifically for just the kind of the style Omnium Gatherum does, I think it just kind of works in their favor. Um, so onto the onto the songwriting, um, let's let's get to that. Um, this this one is a little I would say. So the burning cold, they tried going with uh, just sort of shorter songs. Um, Whereas, you know, New World Shadows and and uh, Beyond and Grey Heavens all had like a couple eight minute long tracks and, and generally a bit longer. Um, this one, they kept the songs mostly around. Around know, four or five, six. four or five minutes, but they had. Yeah, there were a couple six minute songs on here. Yeah. And they had and one the the final track. Final track was eight minutes and forty eight, seconds. Yeah, yeah. So it was they, they closed it off with a bit of a, a more epic track. Um but you know, it, it, it did feel like the song the songwriting was was kept pretty like tight uh on this on this album. Yeah. The hooks were a lot more memorable than their last couple albums too. Right. Like the hook on uh reckoning that oh. that one has been on my in my head 
like since I I wasn't able to sleep last night because the hook to that song was in my head so long. Was, oh, I know. Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh and then they had it, that. There you, was that chorus melody that. Yeah, it's just so friggin' good. I I feel like that whole song is just like really, really just insanely memorable, like hooks and stuff. Did you um, listen to the? Uh, how about that infected mushroom cover? Oh no, Did I was about to bring to that? that up. Yeah. <laughs> so we we talk about how Omnium Gatherum have these very like, um, kind of like electronic and sort of almost sci-fi sounding um, influences. Um, and there they go at the end of this album covering infected mushroom. Yep. It's, it's a, it's, it's fantastic. And that's and an yeah. artist. Yeah. I haven't listened to infected mushroom in years. They're an artist. I'm going to have to revisit. At yeah. Some point. I definitely want to re- revisit infected mushroom. They're one of those, one of those kind of ubiquitous like electronic groups. Um, but it, I thought it was funny because, like, when I whenever I hear, um, what's his name, the front man, Omnium Gatherum's front man, when he does like clean vocals, his vocal tone kind of sounds like the vocals from that song from uh, "In Front of Me" by Infected Mushroom. That is one thing about yeah, Yuka <laughs> Yuka Pelkinen is yeah. his name apparently. Um, yeah. I would, these- that's one thing about Omnium Gatherum that I wish they would do more. Yeah. For everything about them that I love. I, I really wish that they would do more clean vocals. Yeah. And you have they it. do them really well. And yeah. there are a lot of parts on songs where it's like, I'm listening to it's like, you know, I feel like clean vocals would work here a lot better than uh, death metal vocals, you know? Right. Well, like, they had, there was a couple good songs where they used them pretty well, like Paragon. Yeah, um, absolutely. Paragon had that, especially the super clean outro part was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I believe it was on uh, U- uh, Tempest, Tempest off of this one. Um, that one had a really cool hook to it too. It it, it used that kind of clean guitar tone they used on uh, on Prime, where or not Prime, um, Reckoning, it, where they you know it's it's that 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 really clean tone they used for like that first like hook melody um, on, on Tempest. It was that um, they used that sort of sound as well. Um, at least at the start where it was like, um, what did you think know. of, what did you think of unity? Unity was, was another example. Like when we talk about Omnium Gatherum having like a prog tinge, I think unity was, is a perfect example. That was my favorite track on the album. And yeah, I would say it's the best song that they've done on their last three albums for sure. Well, and, and, and they haven't done a song with like that same kind of prog tinge in years. And that's, and that's, that's the kind of like prog tinge I was talking about that, that I feel has kind of been missing for, you know, uh, since, since beyond basically, um, and it was really mm-hmm. cool to hear that come through on on Unity. Um, it it that that main there was that main like rhythm riff they used on it that almost had like kind of a like a genty like Meshuga kind of sound to it. That yeah. I thought that was really neat. But it was like you do that, but with that Omnium Gatherum like big atmosphere over it. I thought oh, yeah. it was so neat. 
um yeah it's just like there was so much on this album um everything felt super memorable um like there wasn't a single song that i find myself forgetting on this album which really helps like i really like that fortitude to me the song fortitude almost felt like an insomnium song <laughs> yeah that was like that slower one where it's it's just like like shit i could imagine insomnium doing that you could really tell marcus von halle um was taking some of his his experience in insomnium um with just those huge sweeping kind of slower melodies in that song yep. um yeah gosh it's just like they they really focused on making things like catchy and immediately memorable on this record um and there was there was a lot more I think like when we talk about clean singing, I think there was definitely a lot more of that on this one. Oh yeah. Um, especially Certainly a lot more than on the last two. Yeah. Cause like, that's one of the things those last two were lacking, like the burning cold for a lot of those, the songs on that album, it just felt like they were like, Oh, let's just do something heavier and let's not do any of the clean, cleaner stuff on that. Yeah. Record. I feel like that's why that album really suffered for me. Um, and there was a little bit on Grey Heavens, but not to the degree of this album. And I no. and I feel like this album definitely works for it. Um, it's unfortunate they didn't get Dan Swaino to sing a chorus like on New World Shadows. Like on, yeah, on the title track on New World Shadows. That was, uh, they, they got him to get him back to at least do a chorus or something sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> Come and see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, overall, um, this might be one of my favorite albums of this year. Um, it's, I just can't really think of anything I could yeah. even complain about. I think this album is definitely going to be in my top 10. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I have a lot of albums that I want to put in my top 10 for this year. God. Um, like, I mean, just think we've we've got this, we got Evergrey, we got um uh Halloween, we got um Jotun, we got Dicatafalc, we got it's just there's there's too many to list. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not even counting stuff that isn't metal too. There's a ton of like non metal albums that came out this year too that I thought were really great. Oh yeah. Um yeah closing thoughts on omnium gatherum's origin um let's see great album um i didn't think i wouldn't put it on the same level as new world shadows and beyond but yeah. it was definitely a really solid album um with a lot of really memorable hooks um, it was just it was just really pleasant to listen to, you know, yeah. I I would say it comes close to those two. It comes close, but it's it's obviously not quite on the level of those albums. Um, but I think it it definitely it it gets it gets pretty close. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, one thing about it that I do want to also mention is the solos. Oh, totally. I thought the solos on this album are they're, so they're, they're, they're the best ones that they've ever done. 
Oh, totally. I think that that really stood out was, I mean, they, the, that just had to be some of their craziest solos. A lot of them had kind of like a Van Halen feel to them. Because I noticed Marcus Van Halen. Yeah, right. (laughs) Marcus Van Halen. He should change his name. Yeah. But I think one thing that I noticed is that uh, he, they, he definitely used uh, Flanger on this album. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've heard him use them on like previous albums, but it's a little present on this one. Yeah. So that flanger definitely helped give it that kind of Van Halen sound. Right, right. Yeah. Like it was a nice mix of technicality, but it was, it, they had the nice technical sound. They had the, you know, some fun effects, but it always came back to those big sweeping melodies, which yep. is like, Omnium Gatherum definitely play into their strengths there. <laughs> but I think with that, um, I think I think that that brings us uh, to the end. There. I give it. Yeah, I give it a four and a half stars out of five. Or yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd say nine out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four and a half stars. So definitely recommend listening. Um, check it out. Uh, and with that, I think uh, that sort of brings us to the end of our show today. Um, unless there's any any album that you really wanted to quickly shout out. Um, nothing that I can think of right now. But anything, anything yeah. you're you're looking forward to for now. Um, New Eternity's End album. Oh, that's right. That's the one that I'm probably looking forward to the most right now. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, looking forward for to those who don't know Eternity's End. They're a power metal super group that was formed by uh, Christian uh, Munsner. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Wensner, so Wensner. Yeah. Guy from guy from fucking Obscura. Yeah, he, he's Alkaloid. known for. Yeah, he's known for playing in technical death metal bands like Obscura and Alkaloid. And he started this project because he's always wanted to be in a power metal band. But uh, most of them this power metal projects never really took off. So this was kind of his chance to do it. And I would say um, the last album that they did, um, fuck, what was it? (laughs) It would probably help if I could fucking remember the name unyielding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That one I would say was among the best that the genre would have to, uh, had to offer in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um it also yeah, the band also features uh Yuri Sanson from the band Hebria. Yep. Uh Hans Grossman, who's also been in Obscura, Alkaloid, uh crazy, just necrophagist crazy drummer <laughs> and tech death guy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this'll be it'll be really exciting to hear this album. It's always exciting to hear their music. Um I can't think of anything else that's kind of coming up that I'm like, I've been super fixated on because Bellacore and uh, Omnium Gatherum were kind of the two big ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, just about wraps up our show for the day. Um, oh yeah. Wilderun just dropped a new track. Uh, we, we just had them on the show next week and they just put on a new song. Yeah. I think they dropped that song just like the day after the podcast. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty great timing. I gotta say. Um, anyways, with that said, 
Um, take care, everyone. Uh, stay frowning. Stay frowning. <laughs>